think about the early church, the time of Peter and Paul and all the great apostles, it's, it's tempting to think that they had it easy and everything was going really great for them. And we sometimes forget the issues they had to grapple with in their time. And when Paul was writing this particular letter to the Corinthians that we heard earlier, famine had struck part of the Roman Empire. And one of the churches that was really struggling to the point of almost starvation was the church in Jerusalem. The very nub of Christianity, the very center where it had all burst out from, they were struggling the worst. And they put the word out to the, to the churches throughout the Mediterranean, we have nothing. We are on the verge of starvation. Can you help? The apostles, people like Paul, wrote letters quickly to all the different churches saying, can you help? And in the reading we had this evening from 2 Corinthians 8, Paul holds up the example of one particular church, Ephesus. It's sometimes in translation put as Macedonia, but the specific church was Ephesus. And he holds this up in his letter to the Corinthians and says, look what they've done. And he says it in verse two of that chapter, they give out of their extreme poverty. They were not a wealthy church, but they gave everything they possibly could to support one another. And that reminded me of an example of Jesus in the Gospels in Mark chapter 12. One of those occasions when Jesus was in the temple and he was watching. I think Jesus was a great people watcher. And he was watching. And he saw powerful, rich people come into the temple and give really large quantities of money. But then he saw a widow come in, all on her own. And out of her purse, she took two copper coins. It was all she had. He actually says in Mark 12, it was all she had to live on for that day. It was the money that would have bought her food. And she gave it all. She gave all she had because to the widow, the most important thing was not feeding herself, it was loving and giving to God. Paul says in the letter, this 2 Corinthians, in verse 5, of the Ephesian church, they put God first. He actually says, they gave first to the Lord and then afterwards, afterwards, they gave to others. And these passages of Paul writing to the Corinthians and Jesus in Mark talking about the widow are not easy passages. They're really quite tough. They're quite grown up because they are showing us an example of putting God first. God is the first priority in their lives. Whether we realize it or not, we have in life priorities. We have, whether we realize it or not, a list of priorities. 
Sometimes at the top, we might have our spouse whom we love. We might have our children, our grandchildren. We might have our careers. We might have saving money for holidays and hobbies, going out and having nice meals. We have priorities. And what we have to ask ourselves is, where is God on my priority list? Is he near the top? Is he maybe in the middle? Is he quite low? Or is he not even there at all? And that's a really hard thing for us to think about. But God also has a priority list. And this is something we often forget. God has a priority list. And right at the top of his priority list, above everything else, is you. You are the top of his priority list. You, me, Susan, they are at the top. Saving humanity is the top priority for God. God had a son and he loved his son. But saving humanity was above that. Because when Jesus was dying on a cross, his top priority was saving you and saving me. It was not saving his son. He paid the cost, his son's life, to save humanity, to save you, to save me. And that's a hard thing for us to grapple. The God of the universe who made everything says you are my top priority because I love you. I want you saved. I want you reconciled to me through my son. You are my top priority. If you had been the only person that had ever existed throughout time and the universe, God would still have paid that price because his love is so vast. And Jesus' love is so vast, they want humanity saved. This great, generous, loving sacrifice is called grace. It's a word that's throughout the New Testament. Paul used it lots of times in his letters, talking about grace. And it's God's generosity, God's richness, God's riches poured out to us at Christ's expense. Grace. The issue for us is do we accept that? And that's hard. Imagine the scene. It's Christmas Day. Idyllic scene. Christmas tree, surrounded by beautiful presents, and in run a batch of children, young children. 
and they see their name on their presents. And they get all excited and they dine on the presents. They rip all the wrappings off and they squeal in joy and delight. They're enjoying their gifts. As they get a bit older and mature, they say, thank you. As they get a bit older and mature a bit more, they see the value of the gift. As they get older and mature even more, they recognize the one who gives it. And in love, they want to give back. The issue for us is how do we give back to God? Unless we accept the gift. And that's hard. But it is only when we accept that gift of the sacrifice of Jesus, only when we can do that, we can begin, only then can we begin to say, I give to you, God, my life. I give to you my heart, my will, my priorities, and I put you first. Only when we accept the gift. For some people, they believe in the gift, they know the gift is there, but they still haven't quite accepted it for them. We know not one of us is good enough. It's never about how good we are. It's about recognizing how loved we are, that we are the top priority to God, above his son. God offers everybody the beautiful gift of his son and the son's sacrifice. We see the gift. We maybe believe the gift. But we need to receive and accept the gift to truly become who God so wants us to be, the very best version of ourselves. But until God comes first, and we recognize his generosity and his love and his gift to us. That is so difficult. The question we all have to answer deep down in ourselves is have we accepted this generosity of God, of his son Jesus? And over June, with generous June, and all the different sermons that you may hear in different places, different people unpacking what it is to respond to God's generosity. Each one will show a different aspect. Each one will share God's generosity, God's great love, in order that we can say, I respond and I respond in this way. God's generosity is pure love at Christ's expense.